So if you have your Bible, uh, you could turn to the, the book of Luke, chapter 8. Uh, we're, we're continuing our, our series through the book of Luke. And uh, we have been in this section that is, is focusing on uh, the theme of response to Jesus. And you, you might say, well, isn't that the theme of the, the entire New Testament, the theme of the whole Bible? In a way that it is. Um, but especially it's this theme of, of hearing, listening, responding. Um, and, and so that's really what we're going to be focusing on. How is it that we, we listen to, to God's word? Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> um, so again, Luke uh, chapter 8. And I'll begin reading in verse 16. And if you're using the, the Pew Bible near you, this is on page 865. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we, we pray that as we, we study a, a passage about hearing and doing and taking care of how we hear, uh, that even right now, Lord, that you would help me as I walk through this text to listen to what you say, um, to hear and to do, and Lord, that uh, those who are, who are listening would hear and, and do and um, be renewed by your Spirit. And so we pray this all in Jesus' name. So, I, I mean, most of you know that I, I studied violin for my, my undergraduate, and one of the things that I really like about just music in general is the fact that the, the practical and the theoretical are really just intimately connected, that you can't separate them in the way that we think we can with other things. I mean, if, if somebody said, oh, you know, I'm an expert in classical violin, and you said, oh, well, have you ever played? And they said, no, I've never never played, but I've watched YouTube videos, I've read books on, on violin technique, so clearly I know a lot about it. You would say, well, it doesn't mean you really understand the instrument, that there's a difference between kind of a theoretical head knowledge and a really applied heart knowledge between this, this hearing about something and actually doing it. And I think that Christianity is actually very similar to that. That we see here Jesus making a distinction between hearers of the word and, and doers of the word. And he's calling us not to sort of an, an abstract head knowledge where we know a few things about God and about the Bible and about salvation. And so we think, okay, we've kind of got that down. We can cross Christianity off of our list because we understand what it's about. 
But instead, what, what he's, he's saying is that we need to be, be hearers and doers. We need to take what we hear and then actually put it into practical application in our lives. And, I, and that's what Jesus is getting at in this command in verse 18. He says, take care then how you hear. Or the, the NIV, another translation of the Bible says, therefore consider carefully how you listen. And so he, he's, he's really saying, pay attention to the way in which you're, you're listening to the word of God, whether you're listening to it preached, whether you're reading it, uh, no matter how you're, you're, you're confronting the word of God, he's saying, pay attention, take care how you're hearing. So how is it that you, you listen to sermons? How is it you, you read your Bible? Do you do it sort of flippantly? Is it something that comes in one ear and out the other? Or is it what, what Jesus says? Do you take care how you listen? And, and today, we're really going to, everything we're going to say is kind of meditating on that, that central command and, and really unpacking it of take care how you listen. And you might say, well, okay, take care how you hear. What does that actually mean? And I think that to get at the meaning of it, we, we look back at the, the context of it. We look back at what we talked about last week. And if you were here, um, Jesus um, gave the, the really famous parable of the sower. And, and we talked about um, how there are these four soils and that the four soils represent four different kinds of hearts that respond differently to the word of God. So the first soil hears, and, and, and Jesus repeats that word hear every time for each soil. He says that they hear, but then they don't respond at all because that their heart is hard like the path. And then the second soil, they hear, and they seem to respond for a little while, but they're like the, the rocky soil, so it begins to germinate and then immediately withers away. And then the third soil are, are those who hear, um, and it starts to grow, but then it's choked, and it, it says, by the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of life, and it proves unfruitful in the end. So again, that they're hearing, but it's not bringing the effect into their lives. But then Jesus says that the, the fourth and the final soil are those who hear the word of God. They respond in faith and repentance, and then that, that word grows up in their heart and actually begins to bear fruit. So you could say that, that it's the parable of the sower. <laughs> That's usually what we call it. It's the parable of the four soils. But you could also even call it the, just the parable of how you hear. <laughs> how do you hear? And, and the, the challenge that then is coming out here in the, in the verses just right after the parable, in a way, is, is the, the application. It's saying, Take care, then, how you hear. Um, what kind of soil are you? How are you responding to the, to the word of God? And this is something that Jesus ends up talking about a lot in his ministry in different places, of, of not just thinking that we can go through our, our Christian life uh, with, as it, with it just being an intellectual exercise or something that we just kind of affirm in our and our mind, but that, that doesn't actually begin to impact and, and change our life. You know, and one passage uh, that talks about this is actually in the book of James. And so if you have your Bible, you could turn to the book of James, chapter 1. 
And James is a, a brother of Jesus, uh, presumably either a, a child of Joseph from a previous marriage or a child of, of Mary after um, Jesus. But, but he is probably one of the brothers that came to Jesus actually in our text here. You know, couldn't actually get to him because of the crowd. And, and that then leads Jesus to talk about hearing and, and, and doing. You know, and so you can, you can almost imagine that, that he you know, is hearing Jesus talk about hearing and doing, that who's really his family. It's those who hear the word and, and do it. So look at James 1, verse 22. He says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And so you could almost just paraphrase that as the command of Jesus in our text, right? Be careful how you hear. And then going forward, he gives the rationale. He says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. Uh, and I, and I, I love just the, the humor of that, just thinking about somebody just, you know, gazing at themselves in the mirror. And, you know, sometimes you, you've, you think, oh, is that really what I look like? And then, and then but it says, uh, for he looks at himself and then goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. You know, so you can, somebody who then, he's looking at himself in the mirror, he sees it, and then, you know, sees himself in the mirror and kind of jumps, you know, like a dog who thinks that, you know, barks at the mirror because he doesn't recognize that it's himself. Um, and that's the absurdity of, of hearing the word, but not doing the word. And it says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and preserves, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts will be blessed in his doing. And so you see that he's, he's offering out a promise of, of blessing for those who, who hear and then who, who do. And I think that this is a hard thing for us to, to do in, in our world. And, and it's partly just because we stand in just a long tradition of Western thought that has been very comfortable of separating practical knowledge from theoretical knowledge. And so we're, we're kind of convinced that if we know about something, that we can really understand it, that we can wrap our, our head around it if we've read a book or, or taken a class. But as I said, that's not the way that knowledge, uh, the knowledge of Scripture works, that it's, it's more like playing an instrument <laughs> it, or, or even more like somebody playing a sport. I mean, there are so many people who who are, know everything about a particular sports team, and they, they take it really seriously. But if they actually went out in the field and tried to do what the players themselves do, they couldn't do it. So they, they have maybe a theoretical knowledge, but not an applied practical knowledge of actually doing it in the moment on the field. And, and so what, what Jesus is saying, what James is saying, is that, is that we need to have this, this practical, applied heart knowledge of God. And really, in, in biblical terminology, it's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. That, you, that knowledge is it's important. You need to know stuff. <laughs> um, that we get into trouble if we don't know things. Um, but you can know about something, but not actually have the wisdom to apply that knowledge in a particular moment. And we probably all know people, or maybe even ourselves, um, where, where we can know about something, but then we can't apply it. But wisdom, it's not anti-knowledge, because you can't really have wisdom without knowledge. You have to know. 
But then wisdom is the, the practical ability to take the things you know and actually bring it to bear in real life situations. So in a way you can think of you know, hearing is about knowledge, doing is about wisdom and taking care how we hear. And so as you look at your, your own life and you think about your own spirituality, do you have knowledge of the Bible? And if so, maybe you think, well, I, I, I grew up in church. I went to Christian school. I know what Christianity is about. But that doesn't mean actually that you have an applied heart knowledge, have wisdom that you take care how you hear. And so there's this challenge here from this text of, of really taking seriously our response to God. And so I think that that's what Jesus is getting at in this command in verse 18. Uh, but then you might say, okay, well, I, I see what, what it means, uh, but why does this actually matter? Why is this important for my life to be both a hearer and a doer? And Jesus actually gives us the, the reasons, but you have to look at some of the connector words. Pay attention to the words in the text. Um, so, so look at verse 18 in your Bible. You know, flip back to Luke uh, chapter 8. And, and look again at that command. He says, take care then how you hear. Um, some translations say, take care therefore how you hear. And, and so if, if you're following the logic of it, Jesus is saying, I'm telling you this command because of something that came before. So you say, all right, well, what actually came before this command? And if you look back at, at verse 16, you can see Jesus says, no one after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, uh, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that, that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. Take care, then, therefore, how you hear. And so we, we're, we're, we're taking care because otherwise our light won't be shining to the world around us. And almost like James, the way he used the, the almost humorous image of the mirror, Jesus is using this almost humor, humorous image of a, a light. You, you, know, you, you light a candle, and then you put a basket over it so no one can see the light, or you put it under your, your bed, uh, and just no one would do that. It would be absurd. It would be pointless because... It, it, it's kind of like turning the flashlight on on your cell phone and then just putting it in your pocket. That is not doing anyone any good, and it'll kill your battery. Uh, and and that's, that's basically the image that Jesus um, is giving for us here. And, you know, this is connected to what he says also in Matthew 5. He, he tells his disciples, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so, so Jesus is saying, I mean, in other places in Scripture, I'm the light of the world. Um, but as, as people have the word of God in the heart growing up, that then he says that we essentially have light reflected from us to the, to the surrounding world through the, through the light of Christ. And that we actually want that light to make a difference in other people's lives. And so the, the question is, does our hearing of God's word 
actually make a difference to anyone else in our lives who come in contact with us on a regular basis. And so as we're, we're, we hear about how we love our neighbor, you know, we're going to talk about that in the series on hospitality. How do we love the people around us? Uh, will our neighbors actually feel an impact in that and a difference in that because we have heard? Or we can read in a scripture about how we're supposed to, to treat our, our spouse or those in our family. And, and can people then look and say, yeah, I can see some sort of a difference in my, my family member or my spouse uh, through their attention to the word of God? Or could somebody's children have a difference of the, of the patients or, or the way that somebody interacts with them? Or, or could our coworkers or our boss or, or those in relationship with us have any sort of difference, any kind of light of the gospel shining out from us because we're hearers and doers of the word. And, you know, I know, I know for me that, that it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> um, that, that you can, I mean, you can talk to Grace. There are plenty of, of ways that I hear the word um, but don't do uh, the word. Where I have the opportunity to be changed by his word but can turn it into an intellectual exercise. Because, I mean, that's part of why I love preaching through books of the Bible is um, that I am forced to start by listening to God's word in the process every week, not just starting with what do I think people need to hear. But in a ver- in er- in- invariably, there's this point in my sermon preparation where I-, I maybe even write a sermon. I think, okay, this is good. I'm done. And then all of a sudden it hits home that, wait, this is not what I'm doing. <laughs> and then I have to kind of rework it and actually apply it to my own heart for then to be relevant to another preacher here who knows, who knows that, that, that feeling. But that's really, I think, what we desire from God's word for all of us to be hearers and, and doers. You know, and commenting on our passage, um, the pastor J.C. Ryle says that the gospel which we possess was not given us only to be admired talked of and professed but to be practiced it was not meant merely to reside in our intellects and memories and tongues but to be seen in our lives you know so that's the the first reason that jesus gives here why this is important because otherwise there, there'll be no light shining from us but then he he gives another reason right after this command so we know that there's one reason because of the word then so something before uh, but then we see the word for again in verse 18. So again, you can see those flashing lights saying, there's another reason this is important for us right after. He says, take care then how you hear. For, because to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. And like a, a lot of verses in the Bible, that this is a hard one. So what is Jesus getting at? And, and I think really what, what he's, he's saying is that hearing the word of God is, is basically a kind of use it or lose it endeavor. That the one who, who hears God's word and puts it into action will actually be in a position to receive more of God's word and more power of that word transforming their lives but those who do not hear who do not listen he's saying will lose even what they think they have and I I think you can think of this like 
exercise. I mean, you can almost imagine you know, your trainer at the gym saying, to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. <laughs> that, that someone who, who goes to the gym r regularly or exercises, they get stronger, they can do more. Um, but for somebody who you know, refuses to exercise, they might go for a while, but then eventually they may lose even the ability to move at all, and then they can't exercise, that even what they think they have will be taken away. Or here's another analogy, uh, maybe something like learning a, a foreign language. I mean, you could probably imagine your French teacher in high school saying, to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Uh, right? That, that if, you, if you listen to what the, the professor says, you, you get a certain amount of knowledge of French, and then you actually put it into practice, and you have conversations, and you go somewhere and you talk to people, you start to learn more vocabulary, and then the more you know, the easier it is to learn new words, and then maybe even the easier it is to learn new languages. But then for the person who, who doesn't listen and doesn't pay attention to what the teacher says, they, they maybe know a little bit, but after a couple years, even what they think they know will be taken away. And there's actually a, a name for this in, in the secular world, and, and Peter told me about this actually at a Connect group a few months ago, and it's called the, the Matthew Principle. And you can look it up on, online. Um, th here's a, a definition of the Matthew Principle. Uh, and I guess Matthew effect, uh, that's the right term. Um, the Matthew effect is a social phenomenon um, often linked with the idea that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. In essence, uh, this refers to a common concept that those who already have status are often placed in, placed in situations where they gain more, and those who don't have status typically struggle to achieve more. The phrase has been attributed to sociologist Robert Merton uh, and based off a biblical verse in the Gospel of Matthew. And if you were to look up the, the verse in Matthew, it's actually exactly the same thing that this verse says in Luke. So they could have just named it the, the Luke effect. Um, and so you think, well, first, well, that seems really unfair. Uh, and, it, and it does, it can become unfair in some way. But then also, to, in certain ways, it's the way that, that the world works. I mean, if somebody gets published, it's easier to get published in the future. If somebody wins an award, they're more likely to win an award in the future. Or even an, an example of this kind of principle was my music history professor in my undergrad. He knew pretty much everything there is to know about music history. And I, I remember some of the students asked him, how do you remember so much about history? And, and what he said at first felt really discouraging because he said, he said, well, I know a lot about it, and so when I learn something new, I can relate it to a hundred other things. <laughs> and so I actually remember most things that I hear about it because I know a lot. And so the, the way that you, you begin to remember a lot is to know a lot. <laughs> and other students were like, oh, well, that, that seems really impossible. Um, but as you, know, as you think about that, that again, there's an analogy of this for the way that we hear and respond to God's word. He says, take care then how you hear. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. And so as we pay attention to 
God's word when it's preached, when we read it. We're thinking about it. We're applying it to our lives. We're, we're maybe memorizing it. We're engaged in it. That suddenly we start understanding other passages of Scripture better as well. Because there's a principle that Scripture interprets Scripture. That the better you know the Bible, the better you understand the Bible because you start to see how it relates. Um, but then the same thing happens in living out the principles of the Bible. That the more you, you take what the Bible says and put it into practice in your life, the more you start to see, wow, this actually really makes sense. <laughs> this is really how the, how the world works. And it actually then slowly puts you in a position to hear more, to learn more, and to, to grow more and more in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. And so this is why it's so important to take care how we hear. And that's why Jesus gives us this warning. And I think as, you, as you're thinking about what this looks like then, in your life, of what it looks like to take care how you hear, uh, then I think we need to do it before we hear, while we hear, and then also after we hear. Uh, and so we need to take care before we hear. I mean, so if you're sitting down to read your Bible in the morning, that there's, there's, there is a moment of, of taking care how you hear before you actually read that, that sense of being awareness of, of who is God, whose word is this, of, of praying that, that you would see what he wants you to see and that it would, it would actually change your life and affect you. Or before you, you come to church to hear the God's word preached, of, of praying for the, the guy who has to stand up and explain it, <laughs> that he'll actually be applying it to his life, that, that you'll hear as well, that, that those around you will hear. Or if you're... If you're, if you're um, if you're going to a, a Bible study, praying in advance beforehand for, for the word to be, hear, to be heard. And I think that, that this is actually something that uh, people a long time ago, the, the Puritans actually talked a lot about, thought a lot about, was this idea of, of preparation for worship. Uh, that, that they really emphasized that if we just show up at church having not thought about anything, that we're not really in a position to hear and to apply. Uh, and so they, they talked a lot about prayer and self-examination before we even hear of, of you know, praying the night before, praying the morning, praying that, that God would, would help us to hear so that we can do so that the light will shine to the, to the world around us. And I think that this is, that, again, something I like about preaching through books of the Bible um, is, is you generally know what is going to be preached the next Sunday. And, and I've, I've never been good at doing that in churches I've attended, where I've always thought, I really want to read the passage in advance and think through it and pray through it, and I generally didn't because I'm lazy. Um, but the, I do know people who do that, and, and I've always been very impressed uh, by that because I think that there's a lot of benefit of you know thinking through it, reading it, praying it, applying it, and then when the word hits your ears, it's sort of like the, the soil has already been tilled and plowed so that it's ready to receive the word and to grow up and to, to bear fruit. And so we need to take care before we hear, but then we also need to take care while we hear God's word. I mean, that's what you're doing right now. You're, you're hearing God's word in Luke chapter 8. And I'm trying to explain it. I'm explaining an application from it. And, and no matter what, if you're listening to somebody apply scripture, they're not doing it perfectly. That no one who teaches scripture does it perfectly. 
but, but that God, through his word, is giving us an opportunity to hear what he has to say, to reflect on it, to, to apply it to our lives, not to be just hearers of the word, but, but doers of the word. And so just like you, you think of that idea of prayer and, and self-examination before hearing, it's the same thing while you're hearing, uh, that, that, you're, you, that you're praying for the person teaching, you're praying for the people around you, you're, you're praying for yourself that you'll hear and see and, and be changed and renewed by, by God's word. And I think that as, as we do that, as we take care how we hear before, uh, as we do it during, but then also we take care after we hear. Uh, like what do we do once the, the knowledge you know, comes into our brain? And you know, when I taught violin, I always noticed that that was the difference between students is not even how well they paid attention during the lesson, but what did they do with that information after the lesson. That some just, it would kind of, they would forget it, they would come back, I would give them the same correction the next week, and then over and over again it was the same correction. But some students, some of the violin students would, would, would really pay attention during the lesson they would take time afterwards, reflect on it when they're practicing. They would really make the adjustments, and then they would come in and think, okay, you learned everything that we talked about last week, so let's learn something new. And again, that, that's the, this picture of what, what Jesus is talking about, of, of taking care how we hear after uh, we hear. That, that we were, we're thinking on it, we're reflecting on it, and saying, okay, what, do I, what did I believe before I came and heard God's word? And, and is there anything in God's word that, that changes the way I think about myself or the world? Do I need to change my, my theology? Or is there anything that I'm doing that I see just scripture says I shouldn't? Do, is, do I need to change, stop something? Or maybe I'm, there's, there's really important stuff in the Bible that I'm not doing that I need to do. How do I actually begin doing that? And as we do that, as we... As we take care how we hear, Jesus says that this actually uh, demonstrates essentially our s- status as his family. And look, look at verse 19. It says, Then his mother and his brother came to him, but they could not reach him because of the p- crowd. And he was told, your, your mother and your brother are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brother are those who hear the word of God and do it. And so here's Mary and Jesus' brothers coming to him. They're trying to see him. They're, the crowd's too large. They can't get to him. And, and, and people say, hey, your, your family's there. They're, they're trying to, to talk to you. And then he t- takes the opportunity to say, well, my mother and my brother, my family are those who hear the word and do it. And, and he's not undervaluing his family. He's not saying, oh, my family's not really that important to me. But what he's doing is he's really exalting the idea of, of hearing and responding in obedience to God's word. And so you, you, you think about this, that, that if, you, if you hear the, the biblical call to repentance, to, to admit our, our failing, to humble ourselves before him, um, then as, as, you, as you do that, as you respond in repentance and humility, that it's, it's evidencing who you are, that, that you're a, a child of God, that you're his, his mother, that his, his brother, that you're adopted into the family of God. 
or as you, you hear the biblical call to, to not trust in yourself, but to trust in, in Jesus alone for salvation, then again, um, as, as you respond by not just hearing, but doing and, and trusting in Christ, that, that in union with him, the Bible says that you're, you're declared righteous, you're adopted into the family of God, that you become part of the, this household of faith and fellow heirs with Christ. But then the opposite is true as well, that, that if we hear the call to faith and to repentance and we don't respond, but we're hearers only and not, not doers, and we continue down the path on our own way, that he's saying that there's, there's a, a danger here because that's saying something about, about our, who, who we belong to, about our, our family um, identity. And so, you know, if, that, if that's where you are of, of really looking at your life and saying, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm more of a, of a hearer than a doer, then this passage is really presenting an opportunity to, to respond to God's word, to, to do it today, to have that basket removed from the, the light so that the light actually begins to shine to those around you and praying that God would give you the strength to actually bring that forth from your life. But then I also imagine that some of you might then be discouraged by this whole thing, by this whole discussion, because you say, you know, I've been, I've been trying and trying, and I feel like I hear and I hear and I hear and I keep struggling to do, and I feel like I can never do enough. And so maybe there's something wrong with me that I'm not hearing enough. I'm not preparing myself enough. I'm not listening carefully. And, and the point of what Jesus is saying here is not to drive us into despair when we see ourselves being more hearers uh, than, than doers. But really then what we're being pushed back to uh, is to the, to the person and the work of Christ, which is exactly why every week we, we end our service with the Lord's Supper. Because ultimately when, when it comes down to it, Humanity itself heard God's word. I mean, you think of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They heard God saying, do this and live, do this and die. And they, they were hearers of the word, but not doers of the word. They cast themselves, all of humanity, into the, the condition that we find ourselves in today. And then every single person who's lived in history, to one degree or another, has heard what God says, whether it's the testimony of, of nature declaring God's glory or the testimony of, of scripture declaring um, God's word to us. We've, we've been hearers of his testimony to himself. And then we, we are not doers. We, we turn away. We do things our way rather than God's way. But God's loved us enough to send Jesus as the one who truly heard in the way we never could, truly obeyed, was truly the, the doer of the word who then went to the cross for us where his, his body was broken, where his, his blood was shed for us in our place. And, then, and, and so he, he took that punishment upon himself so that we could experience life and, and for forgiveness. And that's really the first step of, of being hearers and not doers is admitting the fact we can't do it on our own, looking to his perfect sacrifice trusting in him, starting in that place of relationship with Christ, and then to, to from that place of taking care how we continue to hear that the word of God continues to grow in our life, that it continues to, to bear fruit, that we continue to, 
to have that little flicker of light that comes through Christ's word in us that, that grows, Lord willing, throughout our lives and 